Welcome to another episode of the Soothing Semantics Podcast. I'm your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, leave your comments. And today, and before we before we, we start the introduction, as always, for, for all of your real estate needs in South Florida, make sure to check out Rafi the Realtor on Instagram. Um, for the weekly newsletter, you can find my link in bio. And without further ado, there's a little, little helicopter above. Okay. Without further ado, we have Harris Sultan or Harris Sultanas, as they probably said back in home country. And uh, Harris is quite an interesting fellow. He lives in Australia. He comes from a Pakistani background. He is ex-Muslim. Now he's an atheist. We'll talk about how long you've, you've been an atheist and kind of why you switched over. And I came across Harris's content discussing the war in Israel. You know, I'm, I'm a former Israeli soldier. Still very, very proud of that fact. I am a Zionist. I am very pro-Israel. I'm a proud Jew. Those are just things I want to I want to make clear. And I, I came across Harris's content and I was very, very interested in it. I was very, uh, I really was impressed by what he had to say. And I thought it would only make sense to, to get on a podcast and have a conversation, pick his brain a little bit. So Harris, thank you so much for coming. No, thank you. Thank you for having me, Rafi. Oh, it's my pleasure, brother. So uh, the, he also has a book, and uh, the book is called, remind me of the name, I'm, I'm so sorry. The Curse of God, The Curse of God, Why I Left Islam. You can get it, hardcover or softcover, you can get it from anywhere you want. <laughs> okay, so check it out for whether you're atheist or not, whether you believe in Islam or not, whether you believe in Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism, whatever your beliefs are, if it's something you want to check out, definitely give it a give it a go, and make sure to check out his YouTube channel, Harris Sultan. Um, it is really, really very thought-provoking, and I implore you guys to, to give it a, a watch, especially on the current war. So just a couple of, a couple of things, really interesting topics. I know that you will, will go in order of the topics here. Uh, you grew up, like I mentioned, from a former Pakistani family, uh, from a Pakistani family. Your family moved to Australia. You grew up a practicing Muslim. What was that like? just briefly and how did you decide i'm not interested in this god stuff the religion none of it makes sense how did that kind of happen well um i grew up in a pakistan is a very conservative country but it's not as or at least when i was growing up it wasn't as hardcore as um as afghanistan or some other countries um but still it was a very conservative islamic country it was founded on um, on the premise that Muslims of subcontinent India need to have their own country. So Islam was um, everywhere in Pakistan, but it became an integral part of everyone's life when uh, when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan in 79, and then a lot of uh, American aid came in. And that's what obsessed me a little bit, that the United States wasn't really that far-sighted when they were going into it. So they basically um imported jihad they they told the local population that they need jihad to fight against the soviets and it served them well and that's how mujahideen came into existence and then when the americans left uh, the same mujahideen became taliban all of this was happening through pakistan so as a result in pakistan uh, our population got radicalized saudi wahhabi brand of islam was making its way into Pakistan in the 80s. And now I was growing, I was born in 83. So I was growing up 
in the 90s and that's when I saw because my parents tell me how before in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s even though we had these problems with India but it wasn't that a radicalized society as it turned out to be as what you see today so when I was growing up I was shielded from the radical elements of Islam because, as I said, my parents grew up in a much more malign, a much more um, mellow version of um, uh, Islam. So I was shielded from that, but I still was curious. As I said, it was still a very conservative society with its own set of values. Some of them were taken um, uh, from the Hindu culture because we were part of India. And obviously, because we were a former British colony, so Pakistan was an anglicized Islamic democracy, if that even makes sense. So um, most of our laws are still based on uh, uh, Anglo-Saxon laws. So, but I, I, I was always curious, I think, which surprises me that why people don't really question their beliefs or whatever that is, uh, whatever, whatever is just imposed on them. So I always was curious and uh, I, I there was a tiny phase. And then obviously uh, in the 90s, late 90s, when I was becoming, a, you know, when I was a teenage boy, obviously at that time, there's a bit of a more, there's, there's a bit of more motivation to, um, to explore your religious teachings because, you know, you see all these girls around you and you, 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 you want to experience life. Um, but obviously Islam is a very conservative uh, kind of a religion or at least the modern Islam that we have. So um, so I, I always ask questions. Some questions never made sense. I was always more rational. I always wanted evidence for whatever I wanted to believe in. Um, and then in 2003, obviously 2001 happened, September 11 attacks happened. Uh, in, being a Pakistani, obviously Pakistan became a frontline state against this war on terror. Uh, and I remember I was really scared. I thought that... Uh, the United States is going to attack Pakistan as well because if they're going to go after Afghanistan, at that time there was this debate raging: should we should we sell out our Afghan brothers um, or uh, and join the American alliance, or we should um, stand up against them and stand uh, and defend Afghanistan? So we had a military dictator, General Pervez Musharraf, at that time, and he just said, "Yeah, whatever you want." So that was a sigh of relief. But while this debate was raging, I was really scared, I remember. Uh, but anyway, so I, I, I was still a Muslim at that time. My, um, my uh, I, I would say that I still was very anti-America at that time, even though September 11 had happened. Uh, you, want, you, you lean on these beliefs of convenience, that it's an inside job, etc. You wouldn't believe in it. And then we obviously grew up hating on Israel, that it's a it's a tyranny and it's just uh, oppressing our fellow Muslims in Palestine, etc. So, and then I moved to Australia, 2003. I graduated from here in IT. And that's when I stumbled into um, uh, Richard Dawkins' books and interviews. Uh, the YouTube was getting big at that time, 2005 and six. So I think from 2005 to 2007, I became aware of Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, and Christopher Hitchens, and uh, I thought everything they were saying, it made sense. Um, so yeah, so I think I would say probably by 2007 and eight, I was I was an atheist by that point. But I didn't come out as an atheist. Again, even though I was living independently in Australia on my own, 
Uh, I didn't have any immediate family members around me. My parents at that time was actually still were still living in Pakistan at that time. So thought that okay, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. So um, so yeah, so I stayed an atheist from 2007 till 2017. Um, I went to Pakistan a few times, cool, just you know, like any expat who would go there have fun, party or whatever. And then something happened in 2017. The government of Pakistan started cracking down on these atheist bloggers who were saying exactly what I believed in. And some of them were arrested, tortured, uh, demonized. They were um, on national TV. They were uh, they were dehumanized. They were demonized on national TV. This debate started raging. Um, you know, like the typical stuff that, oh, this is Israeli Zionist propaganda or American propaganda. They're deliberately trying to mislead our youth, etc. So, and... One such guy, his name was Mishal Khan. You might have heard of it. It, it. it made global headlines at that time. He was uh, he was killed in his university campus. His name was Mishal Khan. Uh, I'll purely, have to look it up. It doesn't it doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. So um, it so basically he just asked some questions. Like uh, one of the comp. We don't know exactly how true that is, but he asked some questions. Most people say that he got into an argument with one of his uh, friends and he said, why did God create one pair of humans like Adam and Eve? Um, why did he not create two pairs of humans so they could not commit incest? And apparently that was uh, viewed as highly blasphemous. Um, a mob of 15, 20 fellow university students uh, barged into his hostel room, dragged him out, brutally beat him through his body from the second floor window um jumped up and down on him brutal absolutely brutal that made me so angry that i said well you know this guy just looked like me well probably he was slightly younger than me but um but he believed in exactly what i believe in how come i'm enjoying my life but these people are dying so that's when i decided to come out i initially didn't show my face like my initial my first uh you know that's crazy just real quick you coming out as an atheist in a Muslim country is like a gay guy coming out in, in I guess, a religious. It's yeah. a similar. It's a similar idea. It's so truthfully, even with Jews, right? Coming out as an atheist, even in the community I grew up in, would still be a, a big deal. But, you wouldn't but be nobody's beating it. nobody's beating you up for it. Mm. You know, and there are very very religious communities in Israel where they might they have a big problem with it. And I would say maybe there are instances where they might throw things at you. It could be possible, but not they're not going to lynch you. Yeah. And and, yeah, and, and I, the vast majority of Israelis would be like, I don't give a shit. Go ahead. There's, pl there's plenty of atheists there. And they'd be like, okay, like, go ahead. There's so many atheists among Jewish population that, uh, you know, we now, we don't use the word Jew as a religious identity. We just use it as an ethnic identity Correct. Uh, because there's so many atheist Jews. Um, but unfortunately, Muslims haven't had that period of enlightenment. Uh, we are hoping that now we're going through that phase. Uh, we, that's the whole purpose of our activism is to normalize dissent, normalize apostasy. Um, and we're trying to get through to these people that your kids could be um, atheists. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice comparison. Like uh, being a homosexual was a huge taboo. Like I remember when I was going to university um, back in those days, or, you know, we used to throw these insults at each other. Oh, that's so gay. You're gay. It was frowned upon. 
but now you can't even imagine anything uh, like that because it's been normalized and that was the whole point of coming out of the closet like you come out you embrace your identity and you tell the world who you are a lot of people ask a lot of conservative ask well if you're gay why are you telling me well they don't understand the purpose of that when you normalize when you come out you normalize it you remove the taboo and that's exactly what we're doing as apostates of islam because there are 13 or 12 countries i believe where apostasy is punishable by death in pakistan apostasy is not punishable by death but you could be lynched by a mob uh, because blasphemy is punishable by death and um, anything you say that is considered inappropriate you could be killed for example is mishal khan he actually did not insult prophet muhammad um he he just asked a perfectly normal theological question and uh, he paid for it with his life it's hor- it's it's really horrible for me you know for me i i choose to have faith and you know maybe time will tell you know i i i practice judaism very moderately you can call me traditional I choose to believe in God, whatever form God is. You know, I, I question that all the time. Is it is it a he, she, it? Is it a thing that exists? Is it is he, a, you know, a man with white hair with a pot belly living in the clouds? I accept that I don't Watching really have every move. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I I open myself up. What I what I just think is wild is this extremist view that so many people have. And this is why I want to touch into, uh, you know, I want to go into this whole Israel-Palestine thing with you and mm. really kind of pick your brain about it. And I'm very opinionated on this, so I'm not going to just be standing back, putting you on the spotlight. I have a lot of my own thoughts. But no. uh, why do you think some people support Israel and why do some people support Palestine? And before we we I, I get your answer, it just it seems to be a color war in a way where a lot of Jews just blindly follow Israel and a lot of Muslims blindly follow being pro-Palestinian. It's like, I'm Muslim, so by default, I need to I need to be pro-Palestinian. And then a lot of Jews do the same thing. What I do think is different, though, is I think the Jewish population overall, as a whole, are a lot more educated. And I can't say all of them, but we have a lot more freedom as Jews, whether we live in Israel, America, where we are just tend to be much more accepting people. And so, therefore, I think we know more about what's going on in the world, and we're allowed to think and question things a lot more. And so that's why, you know, I think to a large degree we have much more of a of a logical basis in our arguments. This is my go ahead and absolutely, I agree, and I I don't think I think that's a um, gross oversimplification when you said that Jews just blindly follow Israel, Muslims blindly follow islam muslims do jews don't because israel even though it's founded on uh, theological claims of promised land is israel is still a western style democracy as a result you have a vibrant left you have a vibrant right yeah. and you have this uh, you have this free jewish population all around the world and we have seen a lot of those jews speaking against uh, the current conflict. Uh, and, they speaking against... and they don't get killed for it. And that's the exactly. difference. That's the exactly. Difference. The, th- the thing that I tried, I wish I could talk to Mohammed Ijab about this. Muslims slaughter each other for different beliefs. You can have the mm. most liberal Jew and the most conservative Israeli. They might hate each other. They might even get mm. into fistfights. But mm. you will never, that, I, that I'm aware of, with all the civil unrest that was happening in Israel, there were protests. There mm. were people definitely getting arrested aggressively. There, were de- there was definitely, you know, challenges. You were not seeing Israeli left wing and right wing Israelis picking up 
M16s and shooting each other and killing them. Yeah. Because Absolutely. at the end of the day, but, deep down, yeah. even if they just resent each other, they're still like, even though that that dude really pisses me off, he's still my brother. And you saw that when the war broke out, left, right, center, religious, atheist. I'm Jewish. I don't care where, what color you're from. I don't care if your parents came from Yemen, you came from Algeria, you're from Germany, you're from Ethiopia. We're all Jews. We're all family. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and, and that is testament to the fact that Israel is a liberal democracy um you can't do that i mean even living even this muslim diaspora that is living in these western liberal democracies you have seen them how they gel together how they can form they can gather huge numbers uh, and get united under a single cause which is tribalism 101 basically yeah you're muslim that's it and yeah but but it's a little bit it's multi-layered problem so why do muslims not unite for other Muslims on other issues. I was like, about, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, go ahead. Mm. Go ahead. I'm all ears. Yeah, so like, for example, MBS has killed what, 200,000 in Yemen. Bashar al-Assad has killed 300,000 or 250,000 in uh, in Syria. In Xinjiang, people are dying there at the hands of Chinese. We're not even Muslim. So in, in the first two, you could say, well, okay, so an internal Muslim conflict. So we can't decide whose side we need to be on. Um, even though that's a very lousy excuse, because how many kids have died? And then when and and, and in Xinjiang, okay, well, they, those are atheist, communist Chinese, because you know why they don't go after them? Because China is China doesn't China doesn't operate like a democracy, of course, because and even with the countries it's dealing with, for example, China has ha, have their tentacles deep inside Pakistan. In on Pakistan TV, on in Pakistan, even in private gatherings. People don't talk against Israel. Uh, sorry, uh, against Pakistan. Uh, sorry, against China. They don't bring up Xinjiang. They don't bring up uh, Uyghur Muslims. Why? Why don't they bring them up? Because China's watching, um, and uh, people get arrested. So that tells me that it's it, it's got less to do with Muslim lives. It's got more to do with Jewish hatred. Now I'll qualify that statement. But why Jewish hatred? It's because it's because we have this little sample. It's, it's a tiny piece of land. It's very, very tiny. Well, why are Muslims so interested in one group of people fighting another group of people over a very tiny piece of land? We've seen bigger conflicts and, and seen Muslims showing no interest in that. It's because it's the Jews. It's the eschatology. Jews are eternal enemies of Muslims. Islam is the most anti-Semitic anti religion on earth. Yes, Christian in the New Testament, Christianity, yeah, they blame the Jews for killing Jesus, etc. But I, I, I'm not an expert in Christianity, but we don't see that kind of anti-Semitism. Yeah, we see well, that's that. In it's the reformed. Far right. That's because it's, it's reformed. Christianity and Judaism have turned away. That's the funny thing. All religions have, all these three religions have elements of violence and peace. It just depends mm -hmm. on what you want to hang on to more. The peaceful Muslims are just, they choose to follow more of the peaceful elements but you yeah. could argue the more devout you are as a religious Jew, Muslim, or Christian, the more you're going to latch on to the violent elements. The difference yeah. is that Judaism, this is just my understanding, Judaism and Christianity have over recent years reformed and said, you know what? We're going to let those violent elements kind of play a backseat and we're going to try to embrace the more peaceful, loving sides of it. And then, you know, the more devout Muslims, unfortunately, I don't feel that they've reformed. They've just kind of held on to a lot of those components. But here's, here's the problem. 
the moderates of Muslims are different from the moderates of Christianity or Judaism. You've seen them. These moderate Muslims are also out in full force. And as I said, at the base of it, it's not about Muslim lives because half a million Muslims get killed in the same decade at the hands of other Muslims. And then 15,000, I think the latest number is, again, that's 15,000 too many. But just purely if we're talking about numbers, millions of people have come out. Why against Israel only? Why? Why? It's not just about Muslims li Muslim lives, because if it was, you would have come out for Saudis and um, Bashar as well. So it is deeply rooted in their hatred for, for Jews. And I, when I see these moderate Muslims, they're they are also totally incapable of seeing the other side of the argument. They just don't understand. They just and what's what's depressing is that because Jews have always been um, far less in number, that's why Muslims have more voice on social media and easier now to we're fight seeing... against. It's an easier it's an easier battle. You know, it's also interesting. I, I believe that people think that Jews are also more amiable because we haven't been ruling land for most of history. We've been the ones getting kicked around. So now when we have this little country, and especially because so many people have fought over it and won it, they go, you know what? We can't let these Jews continue to possibly take take more land or kill other kill more people we don't like what they're doing because we believe it's muslim land to begin with we don't mm. want them to be there in the first place if we complain enough or we cry enough maybe they'll 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 stop the war but we know yeah. that assad no matter how much we complain assad's not stopping no matter how mm -hmm. much we complain mbs or the chinese they're going to do what they want to do no matter what happens but if we stand in the streets and we show enough support the Israelis might, the liberal Israelis, other Israelis, they might say, you know what? The world just hates us. Maybe if we listen to them, they'll stop hating us. This is the mistake we make as Jews all the time. You know, we think that if we if we just kind of appease, it'll somehow help. But then you see that. But then you see it's actually working. We've got these, it does work. these it does, yes. far left woke mobs. Yep. Uh, they're running amok. You've got some of these politicians in Britain and uh, elsewhere. They are buying into this propaganda. They're just looking at it from oppressed oppressor paradigm. And Israel is the oppressor. It's a colonial power. It's an imperial power. And Palestinians are just victims. Um, now, I, I'm not downgrading the plight of Palestinian people. I do understand that they are living in occupied, not, not occupied, blockaded territories. Um, and I'm staunchly against these Jewish settlements in the West Bank. Mm -hmm. um, and I understand the other side of the argument too. I mean, I understand the significance of of the West Bank and certain cities and certain locations, um, how important they are for uh, for the Jewish population. For, You're a for you are yeah. a really well studied guy. I got to give you a lot of credit. You are really well studied. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not I'm not that well a, You're not missing a beat, man. You're. I'm really impressed. I'm, yeah, go on. I'm. 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 I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not an expert, but I. I look at it as a political dispute, and I look at it. If you want to move forward, and I'm a big fan of you all, Noah Harari, I think he said that if you want total peace, um, then you're going to have blood. Uh, then if you want total peace, then you're not going to have any justice or, or full justice. But if you want full mm -hmm. justice, there will be no peace. So both sides will have to make concessions. Both sides will have to give up something. Israel has, a, in my opinion, 
has a moral high ground or um, if, purely because they can use they, they can say that look at this if we let them go if we free these palestinian states it's going to be a hostile nation and a nation that does not believe in our, our existence now that is non-negotiable israel has a right to exist israel has been there for 75 years a very prosperous country a western style democracy i like the quote i don't know who said it it said the only per the only muslims in the middle east who can choose their leader live in israel that says a lot there are no I've other never actually heard that and it's brilliant then there, there are no other there's no other democracy in the middle east so for palestine to form i mean if we can get to that level uh and i can understand the biden administration has spoken about it i think david cameron just made a statement that we're going to need a workable solution after this conflict is over once i hope hamas is totally destroyed even though if it's not totally destroyed but it's it's weakened to a point that it won't be able to inflict the kind of injury that it did on the 7th of october there has to be a solution um and both sides will have to make concessions but as long as palestinians are hellbent on on wiping israel off the map 60% of the of the palestinian population in the in in gaza and in the west bank both independent surveys uh, pew surveys they want to wipe israel off the map they don't want a two state solution that's non negotiable no country no even if that country is in the wrong would not say that okay you keep doing these little terrorist attacks we're going to just pack up and leave we're going to disperse right. all around the world no country is ever going to do that and another hypocrisy that I want to point out, I keep making this point. Pakistan was founded on religious grounds, yeah? India was divided on the basis that Muslims of India said that we, once the British leave, we don't want to live under majority Hindu rule. We don't want to live under them because they're going to, you know, they're not going to let us live like free, uh, free people. They're not going to let, even though the Indian side assured them that this is going to be a secular democracy. Now, that's not what Palestinians do say that, but Indians said it, and India is a vibrant secular democracy. Muslims have equal rights. Uh, there's, there's no problem there, despite some Muslims say that all Muslims are oppressed, that they're not. Um, so Muslims were okay to divide a, a, a country in the name of religion. But at the same time, Jews said the same thing, that for, for nearly 2,000 years, we've lived under different people. We've never been able to establish our own state for nearly, for nearly 2,000 years. So so when the British leave, we need our own state, okay? And initially in the Peel plan, I think it was 20% of the land was given to Israel and Muslim, and, and they rejected it. And then it kept, there were so many wars after that, they kept rejecting it, and Israel kept getting more and more territory. But Muslims are okay with Pakistan, are okay with India to be divided in the name of religion, but they're not okay with this. And I can't blame the Jews for not wanting one big secular uh, Palestine or Israel or Judea, or whatever you want to call it, you can't blame Israel because Muslims don't have a good track record of creating secular democracies. Look around you. How many secular countries there are? Maybe Turkey. Other and, and we know the history of how Turkey became a secular democracy. And even that's under threat under Erdogan. So, so two-state solution, in my opinion, is the only solution. Even though in that case also, I think Israel will be on the losing side because the, 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 the Palestine that we're going to get after the after this two-state solution is going to be a hostile nation towards uh, Israel. However, there should be some, I, I think it's attainable. I think there should be, uh, before Palestine is freed, 
I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon in the 10, 20 years at least. But but that could be achieved and Israel would need to make some concessions. But that can only happen if you can get guarantees from other Muslim countries that they that they would respect the borders, the agreed upon borders, whether that's 967 borders or some other borders, whatever that is, they're going to respect it and they're going to make no further claims to uh, Israel territory. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon because Palestinians are are an aggrieved party. I understand they're angry and they can probably think differently. But I blame the Muslim diaspora, Muslims all living all around the world. In, they are hypocrites. They are telling the Palestinians, keep dying, keep doing these little terrorist activities, and in return, keep dying, but don't come to us. Stay there, protect the Holy Land, and um, keep sacrificing your children. We'll give you moral support, but that's it. Instead, these outside Muslims, they should be trying to find a solution. But what what they do, they say, no, we'll join you from the river to the sea. They're adding fuel to the fire, basically. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. So th this behavior of of Muslims outside of Palestine, um, it's, it's very disingenuous. And instead of trying to find a solution, they are adding fuel to the fire. Sorry, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't I can't hear you. Oh. Sorry, sorry. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just check uh, just sent you a uh Instagram. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Hold on one second. Okay, would you be open to doing just to doing another like I guess like a round one and two? I know it's not ideal. I know it's not. No, no, that's fine. I I, I can do it as long as it's you know like I have time. This is this has gone for a hot, nearly half an hour, so I think that's good. We've covered most of it. Um, we've covered a nice amount. We can always yeah. We I think this we've covered a lot of ground with this too. Um, yeah, I just I, just ended with uh, did that okay? That was part one, and we'll do it part two. Sure. In the next video. yeah. When it comes, there's a lot to discuss. First of all, when it comes to this whole thing, right? Remove the religious argument. This is what I've been telling. I've done a bunch of debates. It, I, I, no one has been able to refute this. All land has been conquered. Islam has 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 you know crossed. They went to Spain. They've yeah, crossed they Spain. multiple lands, killed people, pillaged, done who knows what, and converted forcefully. Christians have done the same. Jews, on the other hand, had never had an interest in proselytizing. So there were there were a few occasions, if I understand that there, that it happened, more or less throughout history, Jews have had the opposite interest. You're Jewish or you aren't. You want to come join the club? We're going to make it hard for you to do so. We kind of push away converts. So we're not interested in conquest. A lot of Muslims try to purport this idea that we want more and more land. All we want is what we consider to be biblical Israel, and that's that. The reality, though, whether it's fair or not, because there's the term all is fair in love and war. When, you know, you had the Peel Commission and the partition plan and several other opportunities for us to share it. And you said no under, you know, you can even argue, understandably, you didn't they didn't want the Jews there. They wanted Muslim rule. But you you invade what was, you know, what could have been a shared land, a two state solution. You invade you. You surrounded the Jews with the goal of exterminating everyone and you failed against all odds on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. And if you would have won, we either would have been mostly killed or we would have been kicked out. Right. But then you lost and now you want to complain that it's not fair. Mm. I mean, it wasn't really fair 
when five armies invaded the Jewish, you know, the, the, the land that had Jews on it, because it wasn't even a country at the time. Mm. And then you did it again and again and again. But this is how land has always been, you know, yeah. you know, that's, that's how I, the only of... problem, the only problem with that argument is that sure. after the second world war, um, the world had decided that no more conquered land can be accepted okay. or annexed that, 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 so I think Israel probably missed it by five years or something. Um, <laughs> That's, that, but, that could be a valid point, but 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 I think that's a frivolous point now because there is a concept called historical conservatism, which basically means that whatever is done is done. You cannot right the wrongs of history. For example, as an atheist, I don't care about you about biblical claims. I don't. I, I don't even believe in that's God. Why I don't make so that how argument. could? That's why I don't. I yeah, never exactly. Make yeah, and, and, and that's fair enough. But you could make an argument too, because I don't say that you should wipe off Pakistan, even because it was founded on in the name of religion. I respect local people's right to govern themselves the way they want to, even though I disagree. Being a Pakistani, I disagree with it. I would want a secular Pakistan or even merge with India again to be, become bigger and stronger. But, but that's just my opinion, okay? But until we can establish that opinion across the entire population, forget about it. I respect the right. So it's, but, but the bigger point here is, What's done is done. The reason why we don't send, we don't give the Australian land back to the Aboriginals or Americas and Canada's back to the natives, no matter how much they even want it, not that they are, they, they want it they're not even asking to an for extent. It point, yeah. yeah, they're not even asking for it. But let's just say if they ask for it, would you would you pack up, send them, send all the Europe, uh, Europeans back to Europe? No, because we can't do that. So now here's same the thing. thing with Israel. But here's the thing. First of all, great point. Even though you can use that example the people who conquered Australia from the Aborigines or the people that conquered from, from Native Americans never had any kind of historical claim, right? Because mm -hmm. whether you're religious or not, whether you believe in religion or not, they're the, the, the descendants of Jews, at least a percentage of us, right? There are some Jews who converted, yada, yada, Jews, you know, uh, intermarried. Well, European Jews too, yeah. There are absolutely Jews who have a connection to, to that land, you know, as far as DNA goes. So they were in that land at some point. Now, that's, that's not the point isn't to valid. That doesn't validate the argument, but it is a little different than random people who've never set foot there. Um, but yes, it, what's, I agree. What's done is done. You know, what, what's done is done. Israel is there. You, right. Basically bringing 7 million Israelis or uh, sorry, 7 million Jews of Israel under a under, you know, this other country that would be or, or expelling them from there. That would be that would be a genocide. That would be genocide. You can't we we can't accept it. As I said, that point is non-negotiable. That can never happen. Muslims have to come to terms with the Muslims have to accept the reality that Israel is here. We need to move forward. Whether that's Gaza and and the West Bank, and you want to, you should be fighting for that. But when you say that from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, you are actually playing in the hands of, let's say, the far right of. In, uh, of Israel, who say, "Well, see, look at this. They want to wipe us off, so we can't, we can't free them." And that's a pretty valid argument on their part. Um, India feared that Pakistan would be a hostile nation, but they accepted it. They made that mistake. They freed Pakistan, but Pakistan and India, you know. Uh, uh, Paris, let me just let me just quickly hold the point. Let me just close this one because I got so it shows showing a minute left. If uh, if we could just hop on another real quick. Um, okay. Yeah, doesn't does not let it keep going. Okay, anyway, yeah, no, finish it, guys. Um, 
it's it's stopping it short. We're gonna hop on for a second. I'm sorry for in, for the inconvenience. I hope you you guys have made it this far and are enjoying. And uh, just make sure to to check out the next uh, the next round, as I'm gonna call it. <laughs>